Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Our funds allocated to continue backing Israel, which hurts my heart because it's an ethnic genocide and it's just not people the same that happened in America. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. And again, this is about the fact that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth should not be suppressed. I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it. So... Yeah, I snapped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. I would thank you all for allowing me to speak to you tonight, but you tried not to allow it, yet here I am. Now, you only give us 60 seconds, so let me get to the point. You are all child abusers. Tonight, I have the leading conservative in America here, Bill Kristol, who has endorsed my campaign for governor. Oh, a surprisingly strong amount of Terry McAuliffe, who's the Clinton fixer, the teen Clinton. He's uh, more Clinton than a Clinton. I didn't expect us to be talking about that debate today, the Virginia gubernatorial no, debate. It, I mean, but but he brings up he brought up some fundamental issues. He's a very talented guy. He's old now. Mm-hmm. He was dynamic guy, very talented. Um, when <laughs> here's a good story for I, t- I told you my Terry McAuliffe story. Did I tell every time? I don't know if you have. So when I was first got into radio, working at the front desk mm-hmm. uh, of radio. On a Sunday, um, on a Sunday, we went. Me and some friends went out. So Terry McAuliffe, by the way, is running for governor of Virginia. There you go. Again, that's all you have to know, right? Uh, he's a big Clinton guy. They're all pals, whatever. He's absolutely Clinton DNA. So on Sunday, um, I spent all day watching the Patriot football, mm-hmm. um, and it led into this is when Hillary was just starting to run. I think he, whatever. In like in 08 or something? No, 06. Oh, okay. And I was having, um, and so we were drinking all day to uh, watching football. When I say we, it might just have been me. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I was really getting into what I was watching it, thrill or whatever, watching football, et cetera. And, um, and day led to night, and light, night led to, you know, what do you do? You know? <laughs> so the day gets late, uh, late. And so we were, um, you were. I was. Uh, <laughs> yes. I remember this particular day because it was a day that I never really felt that uh, buzzing, buzzed, buzzed, mm-hmm. whatever. But the sheer amount of empties there told me that I was like really prolifically, but I was watching football. I was cooking. I was doing stuff. Um, but definitely remember the when the Pats games got, even back then when they got uh, tough, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it could easily manifest itself into a couple of uh, beers. So this is um, this is you know sixteen or so years ago, uh, whatever it was. Um, so anyway, I was uh, thoroughly banged up the next morning, mm-hmm. and Terry McAuliffe noticed, 
and he said something, either have another one, even though it was the next day. I wasn't drinking the next day. I was just hung over. Or um, something. I, I pro- approached him and his buddy because I wanted to get contact information for Hillary Clinton. He's like, you handle it, Bill. Whoa. You had a rough night. Something like that. I remember <laughs> like that. And he, he mentioned... Uh, he mentioned it, so I feel very on edge. Like, oh my god, they can all tell that I'm um, hung over whenever mm-hmm. I mention Terry McCall. But he was nice enough to br- to to I bring. I think it anyone up. who hangs around politicians probably uh, knows the signs from personal experience. I would say so. I would say so. But so there you go. So that's Terry McAuliffe, um, and uh, his guy never did get in touch with me. As a matter of mm. fact, weasel. But it doesn't matter because their their dream of Hillary Clinton was torpedoed shortly thereafter by a Barack Obama. So it never happened. Who I never had a run in with, by the way. So there's Terry McAuliffe. He is at his debate against, I don't know who he's running Glenn against. Glenn Youngkin? Glenn Youngkin, whatever. I don't care what what happens anymore. I mean, I, I mean, it would be interesting to see. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if Virginia doesn't care about their current governor and his past <laughs> when the world tells us that we're supposed to care no matter what when something's happened when dr seuss has to be burned uh, his books have to be burned but there's the, but but this guy's allowed to be, fine you know i don't really care i'm not offended if somebody was an a-hole in college and dressed like a racist and i don't really care. i don't think it really does define your whole life i think you're an a-hole so whatever but that's fine so terry mcauliffe anyway said a couple of interesting things that you just heard there in the open one was uh, this. Tonight, I have the leading conservative in America here, Bill Crystal, who has endorsed my campaign for governor. So, uh, to me, a couple of things jump out. One, McAuliffe has lost his fastball, and he had a fastball. Mm-hmm. Right around the time I was stumbling around him, he was very sharp. Uh, because, obviously, Bill Crystal is not a leading conservative in America anymore. Those days are over. He yeah. He is of a previous class, of the pre-Trump class, and called it a night when Trump won. Uh, but yeah, I mean, one of a lot of leading oh, conservatives. Sure. I don't know if anybody would like, I mean, is he number one, the number one conservative in America? No, for, like, but anybody, I also, Or is he just like sort of in top tier or used to be top tier? I think he was a used to be top tier guy. He's not somebody who thinks anymore along. It, it, the, the, the problem is two things. One, Trump took a lot of people and and force them to act in a way that became to to him I think unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And two, he got emotional about Trump and he wasn't able to yeah. contain it. I mean, I don't think he's quite as just nuts as like Jen Rubin. No, she's or a different story. Like she's committable. People just, like yeah. that, or even I don't think he's just like a totally principleless weasel like Steve. Uh, is it Steve Schmidt from the Lincoln Project? Is that his name? Yes. Um, I, I don't oh, think no, he's, he's like not, that either. He's I not think, malevolent. He's not. I mean, that th- those guys are vermin. The Lincoln Project not, people like, are dangerous people. I don't think he. And you know, I put the Never Trump people into slightly different categories depending on how crazy they went. But definitely, Trump unhinged Bill Crystal a little bit, but but not like to that degree. Uh, right. He's yeah, not right. crazy now. He's not crazy now, but he's he's emotionally. He's not. Yeah, it's made him more liberal for sure. Well, you know, a lot of people are like this. So George Will is the same way. George mm-hmm. Will is George Will is a brilliant man, and right. a lot of people are. And I understand why they'd be somewhat up, but they've just blown a fuse since Trump came along. And and I still like I still like George Will, and I still like Bill Crystal. I've always been very intrigued by, and of course his dad's a really mm-hmm. famous guy, and. Uh, but you know, so so you know, so you wonder and he, when he says tonight I have the leading conservative in America here, Bill Crystal, who has endorsed my campaign for governor. So who is now the leading conservative in America? Tucker Carlson. Hmm. In terms of a pundit, absolutely. Politician, so, politician, probably Ron DeSantis, I think. But okay, so so then Tucker Carlson, who is a little Trumpy, but not all Trumpy, he's mm-hmm. got. He's got all the right barcodes there so that Trumpy people will sniff him out as being a, fr- a friendly. Right. But he's not antlered up. Uh, he's not, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. he's not Sean Spicer. He's not a guy who would totally fit comfortably at OAN or Newsmax. Yeah. Um, but I think he's the, I think he has the biggest megaphone right now. in ter- uh, Among conservatives, <coughs> I think he's like the most, trusted sort of arbiter of what's what you know true but he's not any well you know what 
I take it back. Although he'd say that he was he's a TV personality, he always was sniffing around think tankery. Right. So even though he's not Sorab Marami or whatever. Sorab Amari. Right. Yes. But uh, but like who is I mean I guess those but people I guess people really I guess the, the, mm-hmm. the, the intellectual click DC being considered the high watermark for conservatism is over. Well, right, but at the same time, I mean, like Tucker is clearly pretty intellectual and smart. Mm-hmm. So, but he's a man alone, right? And he's willing to go his own way on issues. He certainly dug in harder on social issues than any other conservative pundit. I think that's not like a, you know, a. Bible Belt evangelical kind of person. Like, I mean, like, Steve Deese is, like, really Christian, but that's part of his brand. But, like, Tucker's not on Salem Radio Networks. He's right, although on he is Fox a big News Christian. In terms, he is. He is. But I just mean in terms of, like, a mainstream voice on, like, a secular channel uh, that's not, like, all in on Christianity necessarily. I, I think that he's, like, the, the most socially conservative, I think. Um, and he's also... Like, weirdly, the most populist. He is. And I think the fact that he's taken stands against big tech, mm-hmm. that is a turn, you know, to yeah. to to call corporate America yeah, uh, malevolent is a new one. He's anti-corporatist in a way that really doesn't mesh with the sort of very free market Republican principles because I think that there was for a while a sort of movement in the Republican Party to say like personal freedom and we're going to get away from these bad social issues that are too you know they're too third railish we don't want to like touch those they're scary but instead we'll just you know say that corporations can do whatever they want and will you know stand up for the right of the baker not to bake the cake for the gay wedding but if someone doesn't want to bake a cake for your wedding that's fine too you know like so they kind of took this stance of like we're just for the most liberty including the most liberty for corporations etc etc that and that leads them to be like pro big business basically in cases like twitter and facebook and these other things, because they're saying they're a private company. They can do what they want. They can boot you off. If you have the right not to bake the cake for the gay wedding, then Twitter has the right to kick you off, right? Mm-hmm. That's sort of the the Republican idea of 10 years ago, pretty right. much. So, and Tucker's really, like, rejected that whole cloth and said, like, yeah, no, you don't have to bake the cake for the gay wedding, but also these companies are bad and we should, you know, take them down a peg. Right. And so that's a conversation to have, certainly. I think that's probably, um, well, if the companies have metamorphosized from corporations to utilities, um, then then there's probably something there. But does take them down a peg mean government ties them? Because I don't like I mean, taking them down yeah, that way. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you want the government deciding who gets kicked off Twitter and who doesn't? Because well, that's, like, kind of what you're saying is you want... If although you, they are now in a de facto way. Yeah, so only the company's driving it, not the government mm-hmm. necessarily. But, yeah, so it's an interesting question because then you might have... Joe Biden or Kamala Harris as president deciding who gets taken off. Whereas, I mean, like, what should the rule be? You know, uh, I don't know. Are they de facto utilities? I certainly think they're de facto monopolies. But I don't know what you do about that because monopolies do distort the free market. That's one of the cases which free market essentialists are supposed to believe the government mm-hmm. should step in because monopolies do distort natural market forces and, and make the market inefficient. You want there to be you know, five Twitter services to choose from, just like you can choose from a bunch of landscaping companies to come do your lawn. You know, you should be able to pick from five or 10 different Twitters to to do your stuff on. But that doesn't exist. Like, there's only one Twitter. There's only one Facebook. Well, right. But there was also only one MySpace and there was only one AltaVista. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and so, I think the, the argument people say is there's an impossible barrier to entry at this point now, since uh, you know Google has its its, its clasp right. on everything. 
and maybe maybe that is true, but also maybe not. And you kind of do hate to mess with the secret sauce, but yeah, I mean, my thought is generally that um, that it's not that having Twitter decide who's on Twitter is probably the least bad solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know what else you would. Do, like demand have the government de- tell Twitter who should be on Twitter and who shouldn't that seems like a bad solution and I know people talk a lot about section 230 but basically section 230 says you know either companies have to um, not do any content moderation at all right or like if they do con- so basically what section 230 sorry I messed this up what section 230 protects against is places getting sued for the content that's on them. So Twitter doesn't want to get sued because you slander somebody on Twitter. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, Section 230 makes it so that Twitter isn't responsible for what every person who goes on Twitter says on Twitter because, you know, they're just a platform and everybody goes on and says whatever they want. You know, they're not responsible for what you say on there. But... Um, the thought was by people that if Twitter does any content moderation, that then they should be liable. So Section 230 protects against that. Section 230 says platforms are allowed to do content moderation, some, and they're still just platforms. If they're not publishing the content, the what section the idea of Section 230 is there's a distinctive difference between like your blog where you publish something that you're saying and Twitter that's publishing things other people are saying and not like choosing to invite somebody to say something on their platform. Like if you invite me to write a guest column on your blog, you are responsible for what I said on your blog because that was an editorial decision by you to invite me on. But Twitter isn't responsible for like everything everybody says on there, you know, and section 230 prevents them from being responsible for that. So the what people believe is that if we repealed section 230, then Twitter would have to not moderate any content at all because if they did any content moderation, then they would be able to get sued or then they would be able then they would be a publisher and they would be able to get sued for libel. But I tend to doubt that that's the approach Twitter would take. I think Twitter would take the approach of extreme content moderation and say, if it's possible, we're going to get sued for something, then we're going to, you know, make you wait three days to tweet while we review everything that it says on it. And that would, I think, be detrimental to the experience of Twitter also. So I think I think that the repeal of Section 230 uh, approach is probably not the right one either. I mean, uh, the one thing I could say that maybe you could do is you could turn political affiliation into a protected class the way, like, religion is. You know, in D.C., D.C. is the only place in the country where political affiliation is a protected class. You can't. It's unlawful discrimination to kick somebody out of a restaurant in D.C. because they're a Democrat or a Republican. Hmm. And they do that in D.C. for obvious reasons because they don't want to put restaurants in the position of becoming of having to deal with that. So, um, you know, if you did that on a national level, then like Twitter could still like kick people off for putting up porn or for harassment or whatever but they wouldn't be able to do it based on political ideology so that you know if you could prove discrimination based on political viewpoint then they could be liable under anti-discrimination law that's like the only way i can think of that you could like police what they do but even that like again you're putting the government in charge of enforcing that like is biden's doj gonna do something about that i don't know Right, and once you put the government in charge of enforcing something like that, then the incredible onerous burden that will be mm-hmm. on them, one will protect them from outside competition, which they'll like. Right. Because then, talk about barrier to entry, that'll be really impossible. Right, if you have to comply with all these government right. directives. Right. You're going to need an army of lawyers and, mm-hmm. you know, um, whatever. What was that thing that we were on for five seconds before they... Bongino's thing? Are we on that still? Rumble? No, Bongino's thing. Isn't that... Oh, Parlor? Parlor. That's back. We're still on that. We're okay. on Gab. We're right. on Rumble as another Bongino thing, and Peter Thiel's invested in that. I mean, this stuff exists, mm. and like you said, like MySpace was the only MySpace before it wasn't MySpace anymore, and all these other websites come and go. But um, I think that it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I think that the biggest thing that conservatives can do 
is change the culture. And that means that people need to openly have conversations, you know, like we have where we say this stuff out loud and we mm-hmm. don't let it become a third rail. Cause they're always pushing. They're always pushing to make like certain viewpoints unacceptable, but the more people just act like stuff is normal and the more just normal conservative people go to work at normal companies, the more normal conservatives work in a place like Twitter or work in a place like Facebook or work in, you know, whatever, office it is that wants to do the vaccine mandate or whatever it is the more normal people out there that do this stuff the less you're going to have to worry about what these companies are doing you know and I, I think that that's something conservatives have been very good at winning seats since tea party times mm-hmm. but we've been very very bad at making our case to society at large i mean like look at how quickly like the gay marriage views shift look how quickly the trans views have shifted over time it's incredibly rapid how far left the culture has moved, especially on social issues. Um, it's It's been just every, like we talked about this the other night, like Bruce Jenner, like it was unthinkable, you know, 15 years ago that Bruce Jenner was going to turn into Caitlyn Jenner. Well, right. And now you've got in every corporation, every human resources, mm-hmm. whether they run conservative media or not, are sending out stuff about pronouns and this and that and this and that. Mm-hmm. They're completely woke yeah. All of them, all of them are. And so, like, you've got to check boxes and sign off mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff that you don't believe about your privilege, about this and that, and all sorts of Yeah, but I, I honestly think it's like a squeaky wheel thing. That, like, mm-hmm. the conservatives tend to just keep their mouths shut and go about their business and, you know, hope it doesn't bother them. And, you know... The, the people who want to push the, like, feel guilty about your whiteness stuff on your kids are pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it all the time. And they never go away and they never shut up and they never accept any defeat as mm-hmm. final. You know, you think if it were them on the other side of Roe v. Wade, it would be settled law? No. No way. Mm-hmm. No way. There's no such thing as settled law for right, them until but I think, it's the I law think that they like. Conservatives felt that that the, that they were safe from activists because they essentially the institutions were clear and sober mm-hmm. and grounded in reason. And so when you look at the military, you wouldn't have to worry about the you wouldn't have to worry about somebody in the Joint Chiefs, chiefs talking about white rage. That would never happen. Right. Until it happened. Until it happened. And it right. happens because those people complain and complain and complain and complain. And the, you know, the people running the institutions are weak. They have no principles themselves, you know, like in their core, telling them that this is just an insane person talking to me and I don't have to listen to them. They get scared. They get spooked by stuff. You know, the Black Lives Matter people yell at them and they're afraid. They don't know what to do. So they go along with it. But I mean, like, at some point, there has to be like a rise of the normies and the people who don't believe psychotic, crazy things need to, you know, <laughs> need to start just, I mean, like not even being violent, like because our viewpoint has truth on its side, undergirding it. So, you know, we don't have to like go chain ourselves to anything outside the governor's office. We just have to say what's true calmly and rationally and, and you know, not be scared of people coming at you who are giving you a hard time about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, this brings me to these social media and what it means as far as working hand in hand with, I guess... Academia, mm-hmm. for if you're a person, a young person, what it means for your future, mm-hmm. what your social media means, and this goes to the the um, the um, importance of social media and the reliance of people on social media. Mm-hmm. Mostly, it allows me to talk about blonde women in bikinis as well. Okay. So today, while I was doing this show, the other the WTIC show, mm-hmm. weekdays ten to two. Um, on my Twitter feed, I got this, I'm not friends with her, but I got this message, uh, my Twitter timeline, whatever, it shows uh, a tweet from Kirsten Glavin, and her her name is Kirsten because nobody can be na- named Kristen anymore, that's all over, every Kristen, the, the letters have switched places, so, <laughs> she's Kirsten Glavin, 
She is. Sometimes they're Kirsten too. So you Kirsten. gotta look out for that. Isn't that what she is? Kirsten is Kirsten. Isn't it the same thing? I don't know. There used to be a girl at my high school who corrected everybody if you just said Kirsten. It was Kirsten. Kirsten Glavin. I don't know. Maybe she's blonde, Kirsten. perfect teeth, perfect smile, telegenic person uh, in a red dress has a tweet here that says, "Personal news. Today I'm excited to join the team at NBC10 Boston." To those who watched my work on Boston 25 for the past two years, thank you. I hope you'll continue to follow along as I pursue this new opportunity. Okay. Fine. I uh, click on her profile. I don't know if I know her or if why I'm getting this or whatever, or or maybe it's just there's a blonde person saying something. So mm-hmm. I click on her profile, and her Twitter profile says, two times... Emmy-nominated, award-winning journalist, Boston University, home is Cape Cod, Mass., runner, tied to the ocean. And so I thought to myself, she sounds like a potential pain. Like, I don't like this Twitter bio. I don't. Two times Emmy-nominated, award-winning journalist. First of all, the local Emmys are given to everybody in the I don't want to hear... So I'm like, oh, she's got the word journalist in her profile. She's got two times Emmy nominated. Please. Boston University does not help uh, anymore. Uh, Home is Cape Cod runner tied to the ocean. I'm thinking this person, she's the kind of person who has, who would have had a Livestrong bracelet. Uh, At the right time to have a Livestrong bracelet. ultimately, rapidly, totally and completely, probably normal. She's, (laughs) and I can't talk to normal people, so she's not broken and I don't know where so I'm like, whatever. I actually sent my friend who's in media a this and said, look at this Twitter bio. I just, this tells me, I just, not my kind of person. And if I were if I were somebody, there's buzzwords there that if I were hiring, I'd be like, two times I mean nominated award-winning journalist. Uh, all right, ego. But fine. So I sent it to my friend. And she's got, of course, her own website. This okay. is her Twitter profile. She's got her own website, uh, KirstenGlavin.com, whatever. I t- tweet on that. And, of course, that's all, everything you think. And I've I've known some of my very good friends. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline is my friend who's been in TV forever. They've all got these websites. And it's all uh, photo shoots and uh, and little and they're, they've got their demo reel and this and that, et cetera. So, you know, it's very standard stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I have an assumption in my head based on the assumption that I have whenever – I look at any news journalist, TV especially journalists, um, Instagram. Okay. And that assumption is, and I think I sent you the picture. Mm-hmm. That she's attractive and in a bikini? So uh, I, I know she's I know that she's attractive. You sent me this today and I didn't fully understand right. what your point was, but so then, I don't have so then, not inside your head enough. I so guess. then her Instagram says mm-hmm. Kirsten Glavin. Two times Emmy-nominated, award-winning journalist. Beach runs and messy buns. I don't know what that means. What does messy buns mean? It's like when you put your hair up, but like messy. Okay. Like all piled up. Beach runs and messy buns. Okay. Once again, we would never hang in the same circles. Mm -hmm. I understand. I just thought, like, I'm not the kind of winter blow on my coffee uh, before jumping on the Peloton kind of person. But I understand that that is that kind of person. Maybe she's a very nice person. Maybe she's really good at journalisming. Who knows? But fine. That's the person she is. But she is very much using Twitter and Instagram to show you what kind of person she is. Uh-huh. This is all This is all really good marketing. It's all her personal brand. To, exactly. Exactly. All her personal brand. Mm-hmm. So I scroll down. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's pictures of she's in a doorway here. Mm-hmm. She's in front of a campfire there. Every picture is immaculate. She looks great. She's picking apples here. She's clamming there. You know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in she's fishing here. Every picture is perfect. The tenth picture down. Tenth picture down is uh, her in a little baby blue tiny bikini, lying, posing really, mm-hmm. on the front of a boat. Looking at just a really candid shot. There's an open <laughs> bag of Cape Cod potato chips there. There's a um. There's a, um, a white claw can down there. She's got a solo cup, and she's smiling, looking to the right, just having a conversation with somebody, looking absolutely knockout, gorgeous, 
swimsuit modelish. Mm-hmm. And in the po in the post it reads. <laughs> It reads, vaxxed and relaxed, so grateful, reunions and some much-needed fun in the sun, brought to you by Moderna. My heart is full. (laughs) Okay. I didn't really pay that much attention to what she wrote. That is kind of crazy. (laughs) Right. So It's part of her personal brand now. She's a Moderna girl. So what I'm supposed to think is if this is... Not a picture of a gorgeous lady in a bikini. Guys, check this out. No, this is somebody who's vaxxed and relaxed. So grateful. <laughs> vaxxed and Reunions relaxed. and some much needed fun in the sun. Brought to you by Moderna. Not, this is everything but a gorgeous woman uh, in a bikini, right? Because mm-hmm. look at the, the post. This is just the quickest picture she found. And I just thought that that is fantastic that this pictures she's got this picture on instagram first page ninth picture down whatever that's really a psa oh yeah there's a picture attached too but mostly it's saying vaxxed and relaxed so guys and that messaging of course is absolutely perfect it's a way to you know to if you got it why not right Mm -hmm. but i think it would be a less effective message if it were like honey boo boo's mom Tweeting oh, the absolutely. same picture with faxed and relaxed. Absolutely. And it also, you know, uh, uh, you know, right. And it also, if you were tawdry, you'd say drinking on the boat, showing my beach bot or whatever, which would be, of course, an accurate caption. But no, this is all social media. It's all a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Everything is a portfolio. Four shots later, Kirsten Glavin, there's a picture. Not shocked for seeing this. That of people sh- hailing, uh, showing signs, uh, re- holding signs, reading Black Lives Matter. Mm. And she has, in this, um, in this, <laughs> Bob Ward of Fox 25 liked both of those pictures, by the way, and I would be <laughs> a thousand miles away from liking any of the, especially the bikini pictures. She's got this post saying, 2020 has been the most challenging year of my life, both professionally and personally. As a journalist, I had the privilege and responsibility of documenting history in the making. Any reporter will tell you, ellipsis, it was both remarkable and overwhelming. <laughs> we did our best to Mostly te- the ones who weren't fired. <laughs> right. We did our best to tell a lot of stories that needed to be told this year. Personally, I learned a lot about my values. I learned that democracy isn't a spectator sport. <laughs> I learned that kindness is king. Above else, I learned that life is incredibly precious and should never be taken for granted. Even after hitting a few breaking points along the way, I'm closing out this year grateful. My grandfather always told me that adversity breeds success. And I I don't, I don't know that um, her adversity is like other adversity, but maybe it is. Adversity breeds success. And I do believe that all of us will come out of this year stronger. Some of my favorite f- photos from 2020 are are all of others for various reasons. Again, the people who aren't dead or didn't for, lose their family re- business. Or- some of my favorite photos from 2020 are all of others for some various reasons. She's interested in other people. Those <laughs> ones didn't make it on Instagram. I took them on my phone. A global pandemic, economic shutdowns, the BLM movement for racial justice, RBG, a presidential election. None of these stories are over. But it's time for the next chapter, 2021. So, Alice, you couldn't pay a marketing firm enough money to come up with that. Yeah, no, that's it, her. It doesn't pledge allegiance to BLM. It doesn't go too far into anything. It shows a well-rounded, really socially conscious person. Mm-hmm. Who's, um, you know, taking a moment to step back and look at things, take it all in, you know? <laughs> How's your personal brand holding it's up? It's the conversation. <laughs> it's the, uh, it, the, we did our best. She's in media, remember? We did our mm-hmm. best to tell a lot of stories that needed to be told this year. It is remarkable how much, I don't know if $20,000, I wonder if there are companies that set up every part of her social media. 
Only these pictures. Judging by the social media. The one that you sent me, the bikini one, mm-hmm. looks like it was taken by somebody who knew what they were doing. Absolutely. Oh, there's, a, there's a ratty, dirty rope thrown just over there. Like there's the, here's this. Just but it's, even like the angle. Like you would have to really be attempting to get that yes, photo. Yes, it is, it is candid in quotes. Yeah, you know, it I is I mean, absolutely. on Instagram, there's a lot of that. And like, especially if you're <laughs> using it to promote a professional brand, especially right. one that involves looking hot a lot, which I mean, I know that we're all very serious journalists here, but mm-hmm. on local news channels, uh, part of the gig, if you're a woman, is being hot on TV. Um, you know, that obviously that's what you have to do to do that job. But can you imagine? I mean, she is entirely, and it's not just her. I'm sure that it's in women in many fields. It's not just media. Oh, no. I think but, anytime you're like, a, in, well, any kind of public facing anything in a company. Mm-hmm. But I think companies, and I like sort of hate it because I like want to work for a company and then go home at the end of the day and like not have it home unless it's like my business you know what I mean like I don't want to like live and breathe like some big corporation all the time and like I mean so you know no I and the listeners all know you guys know that um I worked at a warehouse in during the pandemic like just doing stuff and it was great but like the company encouraged people to like post on social media like each store had their own social media account and would like tweet from it all the time and they encouraged you to like tweet about it so people would who were like i mean like a store manager of a store and they're like for a big corporation and they're like personally tweeting out a personal twitter about like how much they love the store and like they like love living this life and like tweets about how they're you know, I mean, about the company, they're they're encouraging, and this is not like a media company. Obviously, it's like a big box company, but they're you know encouraging their employees who probably don't make nearly as much as TV people do even now that TV salaries aren't what they used to be. You know, these are people who are making like fifty grand, and they're being encouraged to essentially have a personal brand that's like tied to the corporation on their personal social media which i think is crazy and i would never do like i think that's like you don't own my life (laughs) i don't know i mean but like i guess companies want to own your life so okay but yeah it's um it's a lot of pressure well, it's a here little, but Burn Barrel LLC, we do not have uh, high but, social media standards. So, so she totally depends on this social media mm-hmm. because it's putting forth it's a portfolio of a person who is ostensibly perfect. Mm-hmm. There's nothing on this that's not totally and utterly perfect. Every picture is posed, every post is thought out, everything is a mind towards the brand, as you said. Right. So. If a picture comes out or something. If she went to college with Ralph Northam. (laughs) Well, I mean, no, what I'm saying is. I once took a picture of a woman I work with who is doing a lot of video and TV. Mm -hmm. It was early in the morning at at work. She was she she hadn't put any makeup on. She was just whatever. whatever. Mm -hmm. And and uh, she said, erase that effing picture right now. Mm-hmm. That's going away. Erase it. And I said, okay, because I could tell there was no humor coming from her. And it was erased. It was gone. There it went. Um, but she, I mean, this fragile vessel mm-hmm. that is her brand could absolutely be torpedoed. Right. If anything imperfect comes out, then this all goes to hell. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one. It makes me think that this whole that this whole um, fleet, this whole campaign that a young woman like like she has to do, or guys, it's the same thing with guys, mm-hmm. um, um, is to have reliance on social media like that. If you live by social media, you can die by social media, right? You know, uh, Kirsten you know, wasted at the Boston Marathon last year or whatever. I'm not saying that that's out there, mm-hmm. but there are there are times. When you're not perfect. And there are times when you're a jerk, as a matter of fact. And with me, people have no expectations. Uh, so I can be a jerk. Mm-hmm. But with somebody like her, 
What does she do when she gets blown up? If somebody finds, and I'm not using her, but 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 anybody else, anybody who relies on social media totally. that way is vulnerable <clears throat> to that. If they, you know, you can never, you always have to be on, right? You always have to be ready for that like curated <laughs> shot. So you can never like actually just go live your life because everything's like a set that you you're performing on yeah it's a problem and i mean like that's what happens in china right is they have social Mm -hmm. credit scores so if you are out walking your dog and you don't pick up after it like the facial recognition cameras will catch you and ding your social credit score and then you like can't buy train tickets you'll like get always bumped off the plane when it's oversold you know what i mean like they (laughs) they'll no but it really does like impact your life that way like you can't then like travel or do stuff like you you don't get job interviews like there's no opportunities if your social credit score goes low and they're like always watching like you need to you know take the stairs instead of the elevator so you stay healthy because it's your like fitbit trackers knows you know that you're not doing your part to like curb the obesity epidemic stuff like that you know and the like everything's through that and everything is run through that's what makes people nervous about like vaccine passports too or like you know or any of this stuff with social media and needing to have your life on it all the time and so i take my um um but but just so we throw it out, in case somebody or kirsten listens or somebody else listens I have nothing against her. I think she, she maybe she's really the sweetest person in the world, and maybe the greatest photo, the greatest journalist in the world, and it might be great at whatever. Whatever put her social media together is really, is really good. But all that for TV, for local TV. Well, I assume her plan isn't to die as a reporter on local TV, right? Like, doesn't she want to like keep moving up and do bigger and better things? It seems like she's a winner, and she's. You know, going somewhere. I don't know. I, I think, you know, you want to be as big as you can get if you're in media. I think Let's people see it else, as a stepping stone onto someone. Do I have to play a real? I feel bad. Because it's not about her personally, really. Along right below a subway. No, okay. I just wanted to see. She, she seems to be good. I mean, she's probably great. Yeah. She's probably great. But yeah, but it's a lot of pressure. And I mean,. We know, too, that social media impacts people psychologically for a lot of this reason, because your real life is happening around you. And, you know, maybe your house is messy or your kids clothes have ketchup on them or, you know, whatever other million things you have dishes in the sink or whatever it is. And, you know, and then you look at social media and you see people's like gleaming kitchens and Mm. this and that and their perfectly curated shots of them on their boat with their white claw. And it just feels like like my life doesn't look like this. And I do Mm. feel like we're going more towards this where it's like, I don't know. I first noticed it a few years ago when I was like just on Facebook and like obviously I'm friends with a lot of parents on Facebook and everybody went apple picking the same weekend. Yes, yes. All of a sudden, my entire feed was parents apple picking with kids. Everybody did it. They all had the same picture as the little kid reaching up into the tree, the bag of apples. Like, there was a, it was like set up. And these orchards, you know, they're curated. We have an apple tree in our yard, and it's so annoying because if you don't pick up all the apples, everything like rots. If you go to a commercial orchard, there's like rats, they're gross, right? Like, so they have to like, it's so expensive for these farms to like clean these orchards and everything so people can get their photo ops. That's the reason why the apples cost like $80 when you go there. It's because it's <laughs> because you're paying for an expensive photo op of you picking apples in this like pristine, gorgeous, perfectly right. manicured orchard that's not like what a real orchard's like where the supermarket apples come from. But it's just like I I don't know, but like we're all We're all, like, so bought into this whole thing. Like, even when we aren't doing it for a TV job, even when we're just doing it to, like, impress our relatives, we're all, like, so emotionally invested in making sure we get, like, our apple-picking photos with our kids every year or, like, this photo or that photo. Like, we... It's... 
it's a lot of pressure on people and it's like a lot of mental pressure and especially like we throw young people into this and oh, they totally. see people like out partying with their friends and looking good and if they're not invited and like you know people can insult you on there and like when you're a teenager that can be just totally devastating well that's what i think that the and this is um well i don't want to get too far into it but um i just see people one like with my own thing there's a facebook picture of me with um you were with me but you weren't with me in the picture at an event the um the event with the guy from admin was there mm-hmm. um, with the vodka models vodka models exactly and there's so these, these all these beautiful models and me in the middle of them, hey, 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 hey. You know, obviously they were repulsed, and, but they had to be there. They get paid. <laughs> but anyway, like some of the early comments I got were, wow, things, you seem to have a great life. And I was like, really? Like we got there in a minivan, if that, you know, <laughs> we weren't allowed to stay. They didn't want it. It simply was a fake red carpet thing. But it's the same thing too with, right. with like we've got one room in our house is really photogenic. Mm-hmm. Really, and it's the downstairs, like our little uh, living room area, mm-hmm. and it's just it looks fantastic in pictures. Yeah, and we take pictures from there. And some of the comments we have, and this is the pictures on locals or or on Instagram or whatever, are wow, it's a beautiful house, beautiful uh, couch, beautiful this, beautiful that, and it's totally a farce. Yeah, mostly we're trying to crop somebody's dirty socks that they yes, left on the, the sofa is, off the edge of the picture. The couch is stained and fallen in, and it's like it's. <laughs> There's some nice, but it's, but people see, and they're so willing to meet. Well, yeah, we're not going to put up pictures of the stained, (laughs) broken part of the couch. (laughs) No, most of the house is written on and stained, you know? But it's funny that it's just that people look at this stuff in social media, and their mind makes the wrong decision at any moment. Oh, my goodness, that must be how he really lives, my goodness. And they they talk about being slobs, but they're really not. Look, that must be the real thing. Look, they have that. I don't have that. I've screwed up. I wasted my life. I can't believe it. And the same thing, like you were saying, with her, it's like, oh my goodness, that's when she just has a a, a, a a white claw on a yacht, that's how she looks. She's a 10.00. Mm-hmm. And like, it, if I suck in my stomach and do whatever in the best lighting with my husband on a, you know, 65 foot stepladder above me, I never look any good. It's like this, I, I think social media has, does that where where it it brings out all the worst possible unhealthy emotions mm-hmm. from you and and there's no and maybe that's why it's a it's a like a posting ground for dead pets yeah. you know we lost our arlo today he's never 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 and it's like maybe that's why that happens it's a place to go and just like grieve and just say okay fine Look, your thing is good. Yes, yours is good. Maybe I can get some love by telling that Mr. Boots passed away. Mm-hmm. Or or I, I don't know. Am I overthinking this? There's one more thing. Do I have my did he take my phone? Yes, he did. What did is he? your Bastard. Name? What, did, what do you mean? No, I took a photo I need. Did I give it to him? Yes. Oh. You gave him your phone. Um That's okay. No, there's one one thing I something on Facebook that I wanted to to point out. Uh, okay, I can remember her name. I can remember her. This is one that does not include bikini. Don't worry about that. We're we're through. You made it through, Alice. Oh, thank goodness. So, like, even... Even... Things that seem... Okay. A friend of mine named Tracy from... From radio, who I used to know mm-hmm. a long time ago. <laughs> wrote this... She was in sales. She wrote this note on Facebook, and it rocked me. And I like was like, "Does somebody call the police? And like, did anybody call anybody for her?" She writes, "In forty-eight hours, I will be gone. Time was not on my side, and I ran out of it. I have so much to say to so many people in my to so many people." My life here has been amazing and exciting, but it's also been disappointing and sad. It was time for a change, and the change is here. To all of my friends in Mass and New Jersey, I love you, and I will miss you. To my closest friends, expect a call soon. Toronto, here I come. Like, holy Jesus! Yeah, it did sound I thought like she was hanging dead. from the rafters after the third... Right, after the third... Or, like, terminally ill. Yes, Absolutely. So like I, I'm I'm thinking, <laughs> what, is this now 
Is this what we're using? Social- Maybe you drive engagement that way or something. Maybe it do. And that's not a good thing. If now everything you do is looking at, okay, I'm moving to Toronto. I can't just move to Toronto. I have to make it a campaign about something. What do I make it a campaign about? Well, the Black Lives Matter thing already passed. Biden's already been whatever. I'm not terminally ill. But okay, you know what? How do I hook them? A good lead. In 48 hours, I will be gone. Time was not on my side. Holy, that's a, keep reading that, baby. Absolutely. So I, my thing is, is like, how yeah, many? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that she just didn't think about how it sounded and maybe it was unintentional. Like, she was just trying to say it in a dramatic way and she didn't realize it sounded like she was dead, hopefully, because it's kind of dark. But, you know, maybe she just didn't think about it. I hope. Maybe. I guess she did. But it is, it is a dramatic way to say that you're moving to Toronto, even if you don't realize it sounds like you've uh, committed suicide now. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay. So, so I, I don't know. We've ended up doing a totally different <laughs> show I know. than I thought we were going to do. What are the little pieces that you wanted to get to? I mean, um, we had more. So, yeah, we did have other Terry McAuliffe. Uh, he doesn't think you should be have any control over what the schools I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually you take books out and make their own decision. You vetoed it. No. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Well, I mean, Alice, the 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 i the i the topic that you and I would talk about is curriculum. He's just filleting the teachers' unions, <laughs> you know. So he's just saying stuff that he needs to say. But like, isn't it nuts that they like people feel that way? Like, legitimately, you don't. You're not in charge of your kids and what they learn in school. Yeah. And this isn't your school system. It belongs to us. Yeah, but Alice, remember, I, the governor, and my friends remember in like the teachers' Remember like six years unions. ago you flagged to me that our school system back then was making kids require reading read about incest and sexual assault at like 12 or 13 years mm-hmm. old. And I posted about it or whatever. <clears throat> and people said, well, they have to learn about it sometime. They have to learn it somehow. It's better that the schools teach it. What? <laughs> schools teach them? Yeah, there's some new like award-winning book too that I've seen people complaining about in like Kansas because it's got um it they have 12-year-olds reading it and it has gay sex in it. So, it's great, but you know, I, that's you why it, Alice. That's why I won the award. Well, I mean 12-year-olds I don't think for 12 years that any sex should be taught. Yeah, it's not that it's gay. That's the problem. Right. I don't want them reading Lady Chatterley's Lover either. Just, I mean, I'm not trying to censor it. It just, uh, you know, isn't necessarily uh, age appropriate. So uh, you've got um, a commitment for to your um, young paramilitary organization, right? What? And I've got... <laughs> It's a it's an anagram acronym pseudonym for what you have to do. Do people know that what your activity is? I think they do because they've sent us a meme about it. Yeah, and I think uh, people who are on that activity listen to this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. actually, no, um, right. uh, yeah, it's a cut that is scouts. actually taken no... from the Rush Limbaugh book. See, I told you so, where oh. he called the Boy Scouts that the Boy Scouts to the left is oh. a paramilitary uh, group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So. so Yes, I okay. have that tonight. You I have-, have to go to, in 15 minutes, be at uh, softball practice. Yep. At the field down the street. Mm-hmm. At the usual field that used to be a racetrack. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do that then. Yep. Anything else you need? I'm going to see. I um, yield the floor to briefly, you, my love. Just briefly. Um, we didn't get to Matt Wall. She was at another school board meeting about... Uh, trans bathrooms and schools right he ripped them a new one like Um, last time etc that's great um dollar tree is raising prices above a dollar because inflation definitely is not happening and is definitely transitory and there's no supply chain issues so don't worry about that i'm sure there's some totally reasonable explanation for that i'm not totally sure and uh last but not least in the news that you need to have uh Apparently, Christy Noam is sleeping with. Oh Corey my goodness! Lewandowski. I can't believe we didn't start with this. Why did you waste my time on local media's Instagram page? <laughs> Sorry. Right. Uh, so, rumor has it he also slept with Hope Hicks. That's not 
uh, rumor at this point. That's, that's confirmed. It's, uh, believe me, it's heartbreaking. You have video. <laughs> it's the whole pics thing so, is heartbreaking. I don't want to talk about it. So I mean, all the Twitter discourse about it is complaining and asking how and why Corey Lewandowski gets these women to sleep with him. That seems, and I've talked to him on a bunch of occasions. He's fine to talk. I. I am disappointed in your gender. I will say this, okay? I... So, but you know what I think it is a little bit? What? Is I think that um, he goes for it a lot, which sometimes results in people complaining that he sexually harasses them. Like, so there's another Trump donor who's mm-hmm. also in the news today for accusing him of making unwanted sexual advances to her at a Las Vegas charity event. Um you know, Trishel Odom, the wife of con- Idaho construction executive John Odom, attack- uh, alleges that Lewandowski repeatedly touched her, including her legs and buttocks, and spoke to her in sexually graphic terms, saying he stalked her throughout the evening. People who were firsthand witnesses corroborated the allegations. So, you know, but if you do that to enough people, someone might bite. So, you know, apparently, well, apparently another, it works. Here's on another thing. If, if, if men with confidence are something that women find attractive... He's very much into being Corey Lewandowski. He's <laughs> absolutely true. secure about that person. And it's mm-hmm. a very simple item, as far as I've seen, that, that who he, Lewandowski is. You know, the, the state police haircut says all I need to know. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. So, uh, so maybe he's very charming in this he weekend. Pro- uh, you know, <laughs> he's sounds, not sounds uh, like tossing it. you around to um, so, but Michelle I think Fields. Pro- maybe some women are into that, apparently, because he appears to approach women this way so that's... well christy no married kids etc yeah so that's not great how do people i don't get this like i found out recently that like a a person who was like a secretary at our school no longer works there at our kids school no longer works there anymore because she was sleeping with one of the teachers whoa we were both hold married. the damn phone do i not know this um, I don't know. This was Have like you a while ago. To protect was, the innocent? No, I just uh, this was a while ago. I just only found out about it because my kids haven't even been in school, so I didn't realize she wasn't there anymore. And somebody was Do like, I know "Oh, the woman? she's gone." I don't think so. Did I uh, did I encounter her perhaps and mention her? She just worked in the office at the school. I believe I encountered and mentioned her. Did you? I don't know. I, probably. Anyway, I'm classless, so, Alice. Okay, so. And then, like, I happened upon this thread on Twitter the other day that people were asking, like, what are jobs where, like, everyone is sleeping together at the job? And, like, it was basically, like, every job. (laughs) Everybody was like, oh, my gosh, if you work in warehouses, everybody's sleeping. Restaurants, everybody's sleeping together. Oh, my gosh, if you work in a law firm, everyone's sleeping together. If you work, uh, like... Did you say warehouses, everybody's sleeping together? I never... No, but people did. Hmm. But people said it in the Twitter thread. But like, I don't understand. How, I How work does from everybody... home and everybody's not sleeping together here. <laughs> Whoa, attacked. <laughs> I feel attacked by that comment. You know? Um, but, I mean, like, how do people not, like, how... I don't understand. Just kidding, guys, by the way. I... I don't understand how people are like having all these affairs. Like, first of all, how do you have time to have an affair? I don't have time well, to have affairs. And second of all, like, I don't get how you can just like. It's easy to not sleep with people. It seems like more work to go sleep with somebody right. than it is to like. I don't understand how everybody just like can't keep their hands off each other. Well, like everywhere for, they for go, a, for a guy, stop. you'd need the, the following two dozen criteria to be met to have an affair with a woman. A woman needs to be interested, and that's it. <laughs> that's really, really it. But, like, I don't... It's it's easy to not sleep with people. I don't know. Like, you just don't... I don't you would think... I don't get, like, how... Oh, call centers was one that baffled really? me. There were a ton of people we saying, like, get at back call to this, centers, Alice, everybody's guys, sleeping we're gonna get together. Back to this I was t- like, pro- what? How we- do you sleep together at a call center? Alice, we're working blue tomorrow. <gasps> on tomorrow's what? show. I can't believe you let me drone on about <laughs> with some kind of uh I need some substance. kind of hand signal to tell you that there's better stuff we More can be talking about. More tawdry. More okay. tawdry. I'm well, not going to Matt Walsh. I'm going to go to work <laughs> affairs. My goodness. All right. Well, let us know uh, what jobs you've had where people sleep together, I Correct. Guess. Uh, I want personal stories, accounts. Okay. Um, names. <laughs> dates. Yes. Okay, so uh, that email is burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at burnbarrelpodcast.com. On Twitter, we're burnbarrelpod, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast, burnbarrelpodcast on Gab and Parlor. We have a YouTube channel, for the moment anyway. We have a Rumble channel. 
all those things. Leave an Apple podcast review. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.